Our scripture is uh, from Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 16. You'll find it printed for you there. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. For I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf? Or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then, go and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. But he said, Please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. And moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. And flipping over to, to the next page. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and he will be as a mouth for you, and you will be as God to him. Thus far, God's holy, inspired, and infallible word. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, please bless our study this morning. Help us to see something in Moses and Aaron, in the whole situation that uh, is useful in our lives, that we may apply it and serve you. Even though sometimes, Lord, we are slow to, to want to do what you call us to do and fearful about our own abilities, we thank you, Lord, that you're greater than our weakness and you can accomplish great and wonderful things through the very weakest among us. We pray now your help in the Holy Spirit's teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's probably one of those obvious remarks, but it's not wise to argue with God. But you can find instances in the Scriptures of its happening. But uh, let me say, God always wins the argument. Generally, He has uh, something for His verbal opponent, whoever wants to argue with Him. He has something for them to learn by letting the discussion continue. I can think of a few other people besides Moses who argued with God. And he's the one who's arguing about speech, of course, here. But uh, there was Jeremiah. Jeremiah wanted to argue with the Lord. And if you read the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk was uh, arguing a bit with the Lord also. And uh, you'll find a couple others in the Bible like that. God lets the argument go on. lets the Word continue. And... Of course, there are things for us to learn too. Moses tried to convince the Lord that he was not the man to persuade the Israelites, not the man to speak effectively to Pharaoh concerning the future of his chosen people. The reason? Up until this time, Moses was not a good speaker, at least by his own calculation. Sometimes we misjudge our our abilities, but... uh, I think Moses knew himself fairly well. So he said, can't you find somebody else to speak? 
And then God's answer to him was, I will make you as effective a speaker as you need to be, or I will supply another voice to help you. And this is a lesson, I think, for us all. Now we're going to look at some things this morning that are associated with effective speech. We're going to look at the idea of sounds and, and the fact that God uses sounds as He does. And then uh, we want to take a look at the content of a message that's to be delivered. We're going to think a little bit about the author and executor of creation and its uh, following applications, that is creation. We'll talk about acuity, meaning the ability of the mind to process information. And we'll close with uh, some thoughts about assistance, whatever is needed to complete the delivery of speech that God wants put forth. So let's talk about sounds, what the ear hears. Before there was writing, there were sounds. And sound was God's first means of alerting the mind of any creature, whether we're talking about human beings or animals, uh, Sounds make us respond. Sounds cause us to think uh, I must flee or I must go see or sounds of any kind uh, are conducive to the mind and heart. Now the Israelites, as best we, we know, and I'm not speaking of every Israelite of course, but in the main the Israelites were illiterates. They did not know how to read and... Uh, just put with that the idea that, that generally they didn't speak too well either, but they needed to be spoken to. And Pharaoh needed to be upbraided. He needed to be spoken to. So we're not saying that there were just certain sounds that the Israelites heard and, and reacted to, or Pharaoh did, but there was a message to be delivered. And in his plan, God required a special speaker. And this is the person in Scripture that we call the prophet. Of course, there are many prophets, but in any particular instance, when God wants to get His message across, He uses a speaker, a human speaker, a prophet, if you will. Now, there are some times, of course, when the voice of God is directly heard, but those are unusual. Those are not the common ways that, uh, that God makes the sounds that people will understand and respond to in the way that God wants them to. So God said, now I'm raising up a prophet. And that prophet is Moses. Now interestingly, Moses might have been expected to be great in a lot of areas. Uh, after all, he was the uh, adopted child of the, the princess. And he learned uh, all the, the important learning of Egypt. But by his own testimony, he was never able really to, to get that across. He was not known as a speaker. I don't know if he had any impediments or not, but he just wasn't an effective speaker. I, I think of my own father in this regard, who was a, a Baptist minister for a very long time. But when he was in high school, he, he could not stand before a group of people and give a speech. He just couldn't do it. And the... Teachers finally, out of frustration, just excused him. This is my father I'm talking about now. Just excused him 
from all public speaking. He just was so self-conscious and so unable to speak. And yet, when the Lord called my father to be a minister, he became a very effective speaker. And as I say, he was a Baptist minister for some 30-40 years in his life. Even today, we are blessed by strong voices of pastors and teachers and evangelists. Of course, there are many secular speakers too, but God uses the strong voices of of the leaders in the church uh, to get His message across. The ear needs to hear sounds, but they need to hear sounds that make sense. They need to hear sounds that God wants them to hear so that they can respond to Him in the way that He wants them to. And so God is dealing right on the most basic level when He is calling Moses. He's calling him to deal with this matter of speaking to a large number of people, the Israelites, to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and and his court. And certainly, if you've never been an effective speaker, if your reputation, even in your own mind, is I don't speak well, and God says, now you go and do this speaking, you're likely to say, well, Lord, I think you made a big mistake here. I'm not the one. But... God says, I have sounds that need to be heard. Sounds that need to make sense. Sounds that need a voice that will be my voice. And Moses, you're the man to do that. Then of course, whatever message you're delivering has to be the message that God wants. And we're concerned with the content of speech. And uh, the Lord says, now Moses... Uh, I'll give you a certain degree of freedom here to express it in, in your own personal ways, the ways your personality reflects. But here's the content of it. You're to go to the Israelites and say, brothers and sisters, we're going to leave Egypt. We're going to leave slavery behind. And then you're going to Pharaoh and you're going to say to him, let my people go that they may serve me. The first uh, creatures that learned the the meaning of random sounds were, of course, the, and when I say creatures now, I'm not talking about the animals, but the first uh, humans were Adam and Eve. And the Bible seems very clear that uh, they were not like the cave man and the cave woman that you see in the comic books. That uh, God not only created them male and female and all their other bodily parts, but He created a vocabulary for them to use so that the man and the woman were able to speak to each other with more than just grunts and uh, odd sounds. And they were able to speak to God and God was able to speak to them. And then in those times when they did speak with each other and when they spoke with God, the Lord had specific messages for them. And now coming down through the centuries to the days of Moses, God has a specific message for the Israelites and Pharaoh as I just described it to you. Moses is going to put those directions from God into words. He's going to say those words to people who have ears to hear and minds that God has prepared to receive them. So Moses then was tasked with delivering those messages either by his own or by 
an assistant's tongue, but he was he was in charge, we might say, to get the messages over to the people. And let's pause here just for a moment and say that uh, God has the greatest of all messages for us, and that is the gospel. The gospel that says that even though we can't save ourselves, we can never do enough to please God by our own works, God has provided a Savior in the Lord Jesus Christ. One who can transfer His righteousness to you and your sin to Him, and one who is able to pay for those sins through His toning death, and to rise again to everlasting life, that's the greatest message in the whole world. That's the greatest message for anyone to hear. And He does intend for it to be delivered to all mankind. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The content that Moses had to deliver was a message of salvation. Salvation from Egypt. Salvation from oppression. Salvation unto a great land of of blessing and opportunity and nationhood. But that message really had not sunk into anybody nor really been effectively communicated to anybody up until this time. But let us not be ignorant of the content of the message to be delivered. People out there had ears, but they needed to hear the truth. They needed to hear the way to life. And then we have uh, this matter of creation. God the Creator says to Moses, He says, I'm the one who... And He has three things here. He says, I I gave you a tongue, a mouth with which to speak, and uh, I gave people ears to hear, or not hear, and I, I gave them eyes to see, and I think those, those things are representative of the whole idea that everything about you and me, God has created and that can be used in spite of any apparent handicaps. Uh, in our devotions at home, we were just reading about a man who uh, was born with certain defects. Uh, one of his eyes was not good. Uh, he had a problem with balance. and One, of, one whole side of him didn't work quite right. And yet he became a very effective missionary in Irian Jaya, New Guinea, in that area. And uh, he was told many times as he was growing up that he just, he just couldn't do this or he couldn't do that or he couldn't do the other thing. And it was true in some cases. But when it came to what God had for him to do, to go to the mission field, in spite of the fact that the, uh, the mission board that he was applying to said, uh, we just don't think you've got what it takes, he said, but God has called me. God has given me this work to do and I believe that He will enable me to do it. And He did some amazing things even though He was handicapped. And I'm sure that that's true of a lot of people that uh, didn't look like they could amount to a great deal. But the Lord was able because He's a Creator. Uh, if, if the tongue's not working right, God can make it work right. If the eyes don't see clearly, God can make them see clearly. He's a Creator. And if people are deaf, He can make them to hear. Sometimes He makes the the hearing people deaf and He makes the seeing people blind, spiritually speaking, uh, because He puts the truth out before them 
and they just can't grasp it or take it in. God the Creator can adjust the tongue, the ear, and the eye to fit whatever the circumstances that He has put in place. So He tells Moses that His bodily organs were made to serve God above all else, and that they will serve God, for He will make it so. So it's not for Moses to tell God what he, Moses, can and can't do. Because as Scripture says in a couple of other places, with God all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with Him. Well, thinking of this in our own lives, whatever job God has given for you and me, He will equip us and adjust us to carry it out. So what have we seen thus far? Well, we've seen that God uses sounds to reach people and to get to their inner thoughts and their heart, their mind. That what He says has important content that's not to be thought trivial or unimportant. And we also noted that the most important thing that anybody can hear, the Gospel, He has put into the message to be preached to people. And that the Creator is able to overcome any obstacles that there might be to being used. And one of the reasons that God does use people with weakness, and I think that applies to all of us, even if we don't have any physical handicaps, But the reason that God uses weak people is to show how strong He is. That God wants to say to you and to me, yes, you're weak, but I'm strong. Yes, you couldn't do it by yourself, but with me, you can do anything. I'm the Creator. I'm the Author. I'm the Executor. I will see that it's carried out. But you yield yourself to me and watch how I work. Then we want to think also about uh, this matter of what I call acuity. That is the the processing of the information that that God gives. It's it's one thing to say that we respond to to sounds sort of automatically and that it's a part of uh, the way God made us. And it's another thing to say that uh, the content is important and uh, that we need to, to think of it carefully. And it's important uh, that uh, God Himself be involved in the whole process of of giving over, but we still, in the end, have to have it make sense. And so, unless in those few instances where God speaks directly, He uses the mind of His messenger to structure the message. Now, I've said to you, He gave to Moses the the outline, if you will. You're, You're to go to Israel and say we're, we're leaving, God is bringing us out of Egypt and taking us to a land that's flowing with milk and honey and we're going to be a great nation. And you go to Pharaoh and tell him, don't stand in our way, but facilitate, let my people go. And yet, with all that, there's still this matter of putting it in a way that, that people can understand it. And I think it will be great one day in heaven to uh, say, Lord, would you play back for us just what Moses actually did say to Pharaoh, what words he used, uh, how, how it was received in Israel. Uh, we'd, li- we'd like to hear that. And maybe some years ago, 
that would have been kind of a, a dreamy sort of a thing that when we get to heaven, God will play back things for us. And nowadays, that shouldn't even surprise us at all. We can play back almost anything. You can go on YouTube and you can hear what some president said 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago when they, when they first had recordings and things. Uh, we're so familiar with that and uh, pretty, pretty much anything that happens in the world, somebody's been taking a picture of it, taking a recording of it, and they'll play it back on the 6 o'clock news or the 11 o'clock news. Uh, it's, it's such a normal thing now. But what we want to concentrate on here is the fact that, uh, that God did give Moses, as He gave the Scripture writers, uh, a certain ability to put things the way they would like to put them. And I don't mean changing what God said, but expressing it in a way. And here was Moses who had a, an, an Egyptian background, and he had a background a little bit among the Israelites, and he had a background in Midian. All these things blended together, and, and Moses was able to be persuasive. He was able to get the, the Word across. He had that acuity, if you will, that ability to put things together. And then on the other end, the receiving end, uh, there has to be acuity as well. And even though we said that the Israelites were illiterate, largely, that uh, many people in the world, many Egyptians as well as Israelites, were illiterate, uh, yet God was able to have them think through what Moses said. Now some of them, when they thought it through, they said, this is ridiculous. This will do nothing but get us more, more harm, more difficulty in the way we live our lives. But uh, there were many who said, you know, we've, we've thought about God a number of times and, and we, we know from the passed down to us information about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we, we believe God can do these things. We haven't thought much about it, but God can get us out of Egypt. God can have us escape Pharaoh. God can deliver us through the desert. God can bring us to a new land. God can make us a nation. So there has to be a little acuity on the receiving end as well as on the speaking end. Moses was educated in all the learning of Egypt, but he spoke Hebrew too. And he was able, he was able to say what God wanted him to say because God had given him a brilliant mind and the ability to do that. The words were God's, of course, but the presentation was consistent with all of Moses' talents and insights. And just uh, looking to ourselves again, first, of course, we, we know that God can equip us to do whatever He wants us to do, but He will also guide our thinking and our skills, and He'll put all this together to get His Word out in the way that He would like it to be put out. And He will give us that ability to speak if we need it. And then finally, there's this matter of assistance. God never says, this is all on you. Do your best, but you're the only one. He never says that, except to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and even Christ in His human personality employed 12 disciples and, and many others who are not among the 12 who call themselves His disciples. And He, he can uh, give us whatever assistance 
that is needed to complete the delivery of his message. Moses was saying, uh, it'll never work because I can't speak. And God says, it will work and I'll help you speak. And uh, if you can't find the right words, I'll give you Aaron, your brother. Now, this is the first time that we've heard anything much about Aaron. And you hear about him later as the high priest and so forth. But uh, you never hear much about him personally. But evidently, he was a gifted speaker. It says, uh, if you translate the Hebrew in just the right way, it says he was a smooth talker. In other words, he could get the, he could get the words across to people in, in such a way that they enjoyed hearing him. Now, did Moses never speak? That's not true. You can see in the Scriptures that Moses spoke. But Aaron was there to help him. Aaron could, uh, could take what Moses said, maybe in, in not the perfect way of saying it, but he could put it into his smooth way to get it across. The Lord uses many servants and their assigned gifts to accomplish His purpose. In addition to helping Moses speak, God had prepared Aaron with a talent for speaking. Now, I'm sure that uh, growing up and in, in some the years of, of his adult life, Aaron never thought, God is preparing me to do something great. He never thought that his ability to speak was maybe good for anything but helping out him and his family and maybe uh, adjusting things for the oppressed Hebrews a little bit by being able to sweet-talk the guards or the taskmasters. But what we know now, as God speaks with Moses, is that not only was He preparing Moses for all the things that we've read about in detail, His birth is being hidden in the reeds, His getting in trouble with Pharaoh, His fleeing to Midian, His, his marrying His wife, his, uh, his life as a shepherd, and now all this. You say, that's how God prepared Moses but what about Aaron? Well, again, we don't have all the details. We just have the result. And God says, your brother Aaron can, can speak wonderfully. He's a smooth speaker. And uh, whatever happened in Aaron's life, well, again, get to heaven. We can ask him about some of those experiences. But the point is that God prepared Moses, but God prepared Aaron. God had Aaron ready when the time came. And uh, though we, we do not have God's exact words to Aaron, we, we must assume that he said something like this, Aaron, everything that's happened to you is so that you could be assistant to your brother and together you'll bring my people out of bondage into the wonderful nationhood that I have prepared for them. Later, Moses is going to be assisted by other people, by the way. He's going to be assisted by the elders of the people by the artisans who make things for the tabernacle and uh, other things, no doubt, that were necessary for the Israelites. He's going to be assisted uh, by his family. He was not standing alone, not the only one, not the isolated, unknown person, but a person who was involved with many people to carry, about, to carry out what God had for His people. Chances are you won't be a Moses and I won't be a Moses but you might be an Aaron, you might be Miriam, or Joshua, or Jethro, all of whom helped Moses at different times. God has a plan for you, not in isolation from everybody else, but He has a plan for you to help others, 
to help maybe people who speak better than you do or to help people who, who need what skills that He's given to you all your life. And, and all of us here have lived fairly long lives. And all that time, God has been preparing to use us, preparing us for His use so that His Word can go forth so that many people can be delivered and saved and have everlasting life and deliver that most important of all messages, the message of the Gospel. That uh, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. That whoever follows Him will not be disappointed. That whoever follows Him will have everlasting life. God has you and me in mind when He says, Go and teach nations and make disciples and help people to know Me and follow Me. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that uh, You will help us not to argue with You about what You want us to do. Help us to learn when we, when we do have that feeling about what we can and can't do, but to learn that You are in charge, that You're in control, that You made the sounds and You made the minds and You made the hearts and You have everything ready for us to do our part. And Lord, even when we do our part, it's only by grace by what You enable us to do. But we thank You for this wonderful privilege and opportunity. Lord, speak to me that I may speak. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.